1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. The Square Ball Podcast.
2: Hello there. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello, with me is Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Our summer special is out now on pre-order. Sell it to me, Moscow. 228 pages of glorious Legion United content. We've been missing it. I know the Euros are on and everyone's getting caught up in that
3: whirlwind. This is more important. Everyone's been saying that Jack Grealish's hair is the most aesthetic thing to be happening this summer. That's a lie. Fools. It's his calves. Fools. <laughs> it's those uh, tiny little chip forks that he uses for shin pads. <laughs> No, it's the Squareball Summer Special full of beautiful pictures to look at and wonderful articles to read. I don't know what more people want for eight quid, really. It is exceptionally good value. Lots of pages, lots of great illustrations, lots
2: of great writing as well. Two
3: two covers, two covers. What happens, yeah, it's random now. You've missed the the opportunity to choose. But what always happens, and we know this from experience, we sell these on pre-order and then the printed thing happens and then people see it and everybody wants one. So get one now, and then you save yourself that little burn of FOMO when you see all your mates have got it and see how good it is. You can get a £2 discount on it as well, so you can get it for 6 quid
2: plus your postage if you are a TSB Plus subscriber. So you will find the summer special on our website and details of TSB Plus at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. So this is the Euro Bowl, our diary through the summer. And um, quite a lot's happened since we did the last Euro Bowl. We've been relatively slack across the last week. But goodness me, the tournament has kicked into life because England beat Germany at Wembley, and let's not forget as well. I mean, this is not—I'm not saying this to rub it in—but Wales have exited as well. So Tyler's come home, and um, we're into the uh, to
3: the knockout proper now. What quarterfinals is it on the weekend? And I just pulled out of my uh, packet of stickers from Denmark. One of the Pointer Sisters, Pionte Sisto, I think it it says here, but um, it's a Pointer Sisters joke. He will automatically be uh, selected in their team. No doubt. Do more '80s pop references, (laughs) Moscow. That's how we will secure our future. Tournament's got good, hasn't it? Yes. The knockout stages is what it needed to get exciting, and also really good games of football. I think helped. Do you know who's responsible for England's victory at Wembley? Calvin Phillips. Yes, correct. And who else? Dua Lipa. No. No, it was Dua Lipa. Wasn't I was going to say Marcelo Bielsa? No, I mean he may have had some influence, but Calvin Phillips is. Post-match tweets were all due a leap of this, do a leap of that."
4: Shall we remedy the grave error that the BBC made of not making the post-game all about Calvin Phillips? Because mm. I was just watching it, going, "When are you going to talk about him? Don't just mention him briefly, and don't and Raheem Sterling, don't forget his name for Christ's <laughs> sake." When <laughs> he went in, the boys in midfield, Declan and uh, and Rice, Rice, like you, fucking pig. <laughs> It's just, I, know he's had, I know he's had a hard time from, from the press over the years of Sterling, but... Justified now. Yeah, exactly. Give him more stick as a yeah. result of that.
2: No, I was going to say Bielsa because, you know, England, we discovered in the um, in the post-match interviews, England played man for man all over the park. And do you know who does that? Calvin Phillips. Well, yeah, but Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> for Christ's sake. Marcelo Bielsa does that. That's his system. And, and who has Gareth um, Southgate probably watched more than any other manager? And I am just guessing at that when I say it. Let's go with Bielsa. He lives in Harrogate, so he comes to Leeds all the time. He's been watching Calvin. He's been watching what Bielsa does. Certainly doesn't watch the Bundesliga, does he? No, uh, he doesn't. Don't need to. For Jadon Sancho. Don't need to.
4: So are we crediting Bielsa with England's victory? Yes. I'm putting it forward as that. more than happy So, I mean, I was pleased for Southgate as well. I know we've flip-flopped a bit on him. Well, we, have. we have, you have. I have. Yeah. I'm still not sure if he's any good, but he won and he, I like him. I, mean, I think he, he got to the, the kernel of
2: it when he said... Because he was asked directly, you know, would you have been criticised? Do you think you'd have been criticised for being too negative had you not got through? And it was like, well, yeah, you know, you make the decision to put the that formation out and take the particular approach, and it, and I think he was he's talking in very doom-like language, like you die or it kills you if uh, if it doesn't work. And he's right, but that's that is the nature of tournament football, isn't it? It's it's a high stakes game. These are my players, and for them, I die. It's just Thomas Christiansen in a waistcoat, isn't he? But he is a nice man, isn't he? He's a, he's a very nice man and that makes him hard to dislike and to
3: question too much. Yeah, but you know what makes him easy to, to dislike? If you lose. No, all those goals he scored against Leeds, like a twat. Yeah. So those haven't been rubbed out yet. I'm not even sure winning this and the World Cup subsequently will be enough to overcome those goals in my mind.
4: I must say, when you look down the touchline and you see Gareth Southgate, like you say, quite statesmanlike, and then you look to the German bench and you've got that bloke licking and sniffing at his fingers. What, for is, what is he
2: playing at? It's so weird. Yogi love. Did you, did you see? Him? He was caught doing it again last night, wasn't he? Having a little rummage around in his nose and uh, and just give, having a little taste afterwards. Little, like, licking his thumbs.
4: Why? Why would you do this? You know, cameras are on you as well. It's a, it's a sign of a pervert. Isn't he it? likes to be seen doing it, which mm. it makes it even creepier. It's not even like a little secret. My, he, yeah. he gets off on both the sniffing and the licking and. Knowing people are watching him sniffing and licking. Now we're talking about German managers. My mind has made the logical leap to Daniel Farker. Oh, don't don't bring Farker into this. He's a he's a solid character. He's not he's not a. I over. just I just wonder what he thought of the victory last although, night. Yeah. Although he yeah. is friends with Thomas Tuchel, isn't he? Who we have previously said has a cupboard full of children's shoes. No, we didn't say that. One of our one of our listeners said that.
2: suggested he looks like it.
4: Not that he does, because that would be you know questionable.
2: Well, unless he's, he's just
4: got a lot of shoes for his children, which is, he's a well-paid man, probably does.
2: Yeah, that is true. He has got kids, doesn't he? So, yeah, f- yeah, fair point. Moving swiftly on, I've got um, a Ukrainian. I've got uh, Yevgen Makarenko, who will be facing England Ooh. in Rome for the weekend. Hey, Makarenko. Yeah, and um, okay. speaking of old pop references, I've got uh, one half of uh, Rene and Renato. I've got Renato Stefan from Switzerland. Katano's nice. mate, there you go.
3: I've got uh, David De Gea is,
2: uh, is going in the album. I've got Ricardo Rodriguez, who is for some reason Swiss. I've got... By the way, if you're tuning into this, you don't know what we're doing. We're opening Euro 2020 stickers throughout our adventure
4: through the summer. Kamil Joziak, uh, who is Polish. I then have Roland Szalai from Hungary. Marlos from Ukraine, who looks suspiciously Brazilian, I'm going to say, with a name like Marlos. And then Damjan Shishkovski. From Johnny's uh, mate from uh, North Macedonia. I've got one of Johnny's mates actually,
3: Visa and it looks a bit like muesliu. We already had Macarena, by the way.
4: But have we All got right. have we got salali as well? Salai as well. Sorry.
3: From which country? Hungary.
4: I feel like I've seen him. Oh, before. I've, What's I've his number? A, I've got a vertical half and half of salai, and What's
3: then the number Adams on the back. Oh, I can't even pronounce it. Six four four. Six four four, right at the back of the book.
2: And I've got an Italian, Nico, uh, Niccolo Barelli, uh, Barella. Sorry. He's there
4: for you, Mosca. Okay. Throwing a bunch over the table. Uh, we
3: do not have Roland, oh, the rat salai. So happily stick him in. Just stick him in however you want, upside down, wonky. So, so you're Michael, you,
2: you hypocritical bastard then. Hmm? Gareth Southgate. Good lad, isn't he? <laughs> Proving his doubt as wrong.
4: Harry Kane, too, I was saying all game. What a good match he was having. God, he it? looks tired. He would surely score. Yeah, I mean, it's always, he has always got a goal in him, hasn't he? But he, he looks absolutely shot. I mean, the he one look- he did score, he. Anyone in that position would have scored it. But, I mean, you'd have to maybe give him credit for being in that position in the first place.
3: I'm not even sure he knew he was there. He looks like he doesn't know where he is half the time. I'm wondering, if you didn't know better, you'd think he'd been drugged. (laughs) Like somebody's... (laughs) Like a racehorse. Yeah, somebody's doped him, and he, you know, spiked his pre-match pasta or something. And he, Because he's just... He's got that look about him where he just doesn't seem to know where he is or what he's doing. And yet, you know, I suppose that he can still stick a, a ball in the back of the net despite that is to his credit. But um, worry about him for the rest of the... Maybe that's the, the goal that will spark him back into life, who knows. He, he was playing
4: badly enough that when he went down injured, I thought, oh good, I might go off now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Sterling through
3: the middle and bring on Sancho or one of these other exciting players to take his place out wide and then suddenly we might have a dynamic front three ahead of the defensive eight. Has, um, has Sancho had any minutes yet? Yeah, he came on, didn't he, for a, a bit.
2: Because Calvin, like, Calvin's had all the minutes, hasn't he? That's important to point out. He's the only outfield player for England who's played in every minute of the tournament so far. Very greedy, isn't he?
4: And you can see why, because him and Rice, they do similar jobs that Calvin is further forward. But Rice looks knackered by the end of games, whereas Calvin looks like he, he could do another 90 minutes, doesn't he, at the end of it? He he's, is. As
2: we said, he's, kind of, he's, he's set and forget, isn't he? I think it feels to me like Southgate knows that he can put Calvin in that system and
3: he's going to do a good job for him regardless. Calvin must be the first name on the team sheet after Pickford because even with I know Harry Kane is the um, Renato Stefan is a double as well Um, even Kane is the you know the talisman and the captain and the the god of everything but the way he's been playing it must have crossed Southgate's mind to just like let him go and sleep it off and then the rest of them it's kind of there's all the questions do you do Grealish or Saka and do you do you know is Sancho going to play instead of so and so it's Henderson going to come back in, he's going to be back three, but right in the middle of it all, Calvin Phillips, 90 minutes, no problem. Because he's brilliant. Were you worried about his yellow card at all?
4: Massively so. I was worried about it
3: probably most in
4: the kind of minute afterwards when I was thinking, in the Premier League, VAR are definitely watching this enough that they talk themselves into making this a red card because they'd slow it down. In real time, it looked, it did look like a yellow card. It was one of those where you can tell he's they were both going for the ball. He's though, gone over he? the top. Yeah, yeah there's, I don't think he's malicious, but he, he did go over the top. But slow down and watch from enough angles, you can very easily talk yourself into that being a red. How but, do you think but, it
2: compares to the Sweden one that happened later on, which was um, which was given as a red, which I thought was incredibly harsh. I and mean, I know he's, he's not dissimilar to what Liam Cooper did, but Liam Cooper actually at Man City went in with more intent, didn't he? Kind of, he got the ball and then took the man afterwards, whereas this guy was just genuinely going for the ball, got the ball, and then the guy crashed into his foot. It
4: was a bit more leg bendy, wasn't it, though? Yeah, the second one. Like it it was one of those where you think it was probably a very marginal difference between that guy's leg being all over the pitch. But
2: it is a contact sport, and and, you know, and and injury is is part of the risk, the inherent risk of football. And I don't think you can completely manage that out of it.
4: What if anyone had done that too, Calvin?
2: Well, of course, then I'd want them prosecuted and jailed (laughs) like those Liverpool fans when they uh, went mad about Pickford um, and
3: Virgil Van Dijk. It was all down to the Ukrainian fella running into him, though. If he'd stood off and blocked the clearance from a distance of two or three feet then his knee would be absolutely fine and uh, Danielson would carry on playing the game but um, because he went in charging in full pelt when he finished his clearance there was nowhere else for his foot to go apart from straight into his now wounded knee so it, it was a bit unfair from that point of view but and he, it's all down to you know was he out of control and he I don't know if he was it
4: just goes to show the fine margins, though, doesn't it? Because if it had been a red card, probably I wouldn't have been that surprised. And then we're talking about Calvin Phillips being the national disgrace today because he's been sent off, and England have gone out, and, yeah. it, and it's his fault. Yeah. And and just as well, the similar margins of Raheem Sterling when he puts them through on goal and it's <laughs> and it's dragged wide, he's the hero now because he scored the he scored the well scored the opening goal and the goal that was enough to win it. But if that goes the other way, it's all about then, his gun tattoos, isn't it? And then Germany win it exactly. We get that on the front page instead of well, I mean instead of Harry Kane, which is what which is what everyone has gone for as a front well, page. the,
2: the son have gone for Raheem Sterling. That's the same Raheem Sterling that they uh, called him a disgrace on more than one occasion for having particular tattoos.
4: And for having some money. Yeah. Was the other thing he was he was mainly criticised for by them and just going about his life in a way that Are you um they disagree with? Are you constantly kind
2: of redefined this is again it's a window into if you're not an England fan, you're not English, it's a window into how we perceive England as English men. We're having to come to terms with liking footballers that we shouldn't like for clubs that we don't like. I mean, obviously, the United boys, Luke Shaw, and the United boys is fine for for Moscow, but <laughs> like Jack Grealish and stuff, he's, he's evidently like he's a, he is a game changer, isn't he? And I'm finding it very difficult to, to hate him when I've got no reason
4: to. It's weird with Grealish though, because everyone seems to love him like beyond a reasonable degree at the moment. He's like the new Princess Diana or something. Everyone's absolutely hangs on his every word. He, you see a glimpse of him on a screen and... You wait till he's tumbling around like, in that bloody Aston Villa kit in about another couple of months' time and you'll be berating him. And the crowd are all screaming like it's teenage girls seeing Take That emerge from a tour bus or something. It's bizarre. I mean, he's good. BTS for the kids. You know, like We'll go for a younger reference as well. I don't know what that means, but okay, good. Yes, them. Those great bunch of lads. Is it weird? I don't know. It feels it feels odd that everyone's... I think the fact he's been limited... In, in terms of how much we're getting of him. I think that's that's making him, the scarcity of him is yeah. he's raising his stock
3: all the more. Yeah. I did quite enjoy his post-match um, interview. was kind of a reminder of why he's thick, isn't he? I don't really like him. He's thick. <laughs> um, well, it wasn't so much that, but it was... In fact, no, I'm confusing him with Harry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it him? No, I think it was Grealish, because I'm sure Grealish... And, uh, maybe I shouldn't even go down this road if I can't remember what happened. I'm sure Grealish's um, post-match He was asked, you know, you came on, you made a goal, you made an assist and that must be great for you. He said, well, yeah, it's not about me, though. It's about the team performance. But obviously uh, setting up that goal was really good by me. And also uh, the assist that I got was really good that I did. And um, I just thought I I wanted to come on and, and make a difference like I did. But it's not about me but it is kind of about me. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't I'm, look at me, I'm look not, at me. I'm not a massive narcissist. However, I am very, yes, very important. Is it's, that, it's all about the team, but look at all the good stuff I did while you talk about the team.
4: Is <laughs> that just honesty, though? Because I feel like sometimes players will have scored a hat-trick and they've dragged the team out. They've won 3-2 and they're the only player who's done anything and they go, it's not about me, though, is it? It's about a team performance. It's yeah. All the lads have done a great job and you're thinking... Platitudes, the, platitudes. They haven't. It's you. Just, well, just accept it.
2: It goes into what we were saying about Rafinha, though, um, um, over on... The, the Extra Ball, when we were speaking with Kajian, how Rafinha approaches games, he's like, he's a maniac, is Rafinha, and he knows his own quality. And I guess, to be great, you kind of have to have that inherent self-belief, which Grealish evidently does to a disproportionate amount. But it's quite a dislikable character trait when somebody comes out. It's, and it's not very, and I use the, the phrase in inverted commas, but it's quite un-English, if you know what I mean. Like it, It's not within our nat- national characteristics to go, I'm dead good, because generally, if you do that, other people will shoot you down. Because that is in the,
3: the national character. I've quite enjoyed the um, the contrast when it comes to national character between people saying, on the one hand, oh, didn't Jurgen Klinsmann take defeat well? Wasn't he very magnanimous on the the BBC? Very very noble. While well, we're also uh, in the next shot, laughing in the face of a crying child. It's, kind of, <laughs> it's no nope, that that German fellow's been very noble in defeat. <laughs> well, are we going to be gracious in victory then? Fuck no! But the point that, and then this—I mean, I—I I tweeted that out last night
2: from the Square Ball account, and I ended up deleting it just because enough people had enough of a moan about it to go, I, do "You know, I can't be asked. It's just not. It's only Twitter. It's not worth it. It'll. It's still funny. She was funny. I it, mean, yeah, it was because we've all been—we've all been that child. That's yeah. the point. We've all been there. We've all experienced the pain of defeat as Leeds fans.
3: We know more than anything else what it's like to hurt as a kid when you're following your football team. I think the risk to her. Uh... Um, then was becoming a meme, a little bit like the Swiss guy with his shirt on, shirt off. But like he's, you know, old enough to take it. You don't really want six-year-olds becoming the subject of humor on the internet so much. But the actual tears, absolute fair game to laugh at those because you know it's not like she was grieving for a, like a dead rabbit or something. It's like a pet died. Well, she isn't. might have been. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you, everybody assumed it was the the football was the problem. Maybe she just got a a text message from the vet or something. The lad um, who was at Bolton seems so fed all right, doesn't Well, he? exactly. And it's, you know, I think it's one of those things that happens in um, tournaments like this is you get a lot of people who don't normally follow football. They see something like that and they think, oh, that's an absolute disgrace. And then it's difficult to kind of explain to them to the other side of that. Say, well, no, we we laugh in the faces of crying children all the time. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's There's nothing special this about is, her. This is
4: what the sport is all about. I mean, I... I on the griefcast, called one of our own yes. supporters are, are, <laughs> a miserable bitch or something, didn't it?
3: <laughs> yes, and it's, uh, it's so it's it's fairly normal. It's kind of um, yeah, it was. It's in the moment, nothing wrong with uh, laughing that. But yeah, I was just yeah, I was amused by the the whole um, the contrast of it. The, yeah, the, you know, good on Jurgen Klinsmann for taking defeat so well. Do you want some exciting sticker news? Oh, I bet I can beat your exciting sticker oh, news. Oh, go, no,
2: go You go first. I don't want to. I oh, don't... is it a Leeds
4: player? No, just you do it first. I've got Robin Cock.
3: Oh, that's exciting.
4: Is that the first Leeds player? I think it is. Well, well, Calvin Phillips isn't in it, is he?
3: No, Grealish is. I think we should make a Calvin Phillips sticker and put him in. You can, actually. There is a a thing where you can go on the website. This is like an advert for Panini. other sticker manufacturers are available but don't have the license. You can go to mypanini.com and uh, create a personalized sticker. Shall we get stickers of us three and Calvin Phillips? I think mean, just Calvin Phillips would be possibly the less egotistical way of doing it, but um, well, can
4: I- if we can get Calvin's mum as well, yeah, she was there last night, wasn't she? It was she nice was. To, it was nice to see her peering out from behind a, a flag, wasn't it? And
2: Granny Val was there in spirit because he had her name on his boots, didn't he? Which, uh, which again, it just because he's such a lovely lad, you just go, oh, Calvin.
4: The whole thing yesterday, his performance, the boots, his mum being in the crowd, thanking it, Dua Lipa, it all made me think we should just give him all the money that the club has and make him stay forever, mm. whatever he wants, whatever that family wants. Just let him have it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm aware it'll drive us to the brink of uh, bankruptcy again. But if he wants, if he wants half a million pounds a week, just let him have it. If we could
2: manufacture a situation where Kiko Casilla, let's say, disappeared, mm-hmm. put in the insurance claim. Have you been speaking to uh, Morris? <laughs> Save what? I'm, I'm going to assume he's on somewhere close to forty or fifty grand a week now. Save that money. Give it to Calvin. See, should we put that forward? I don't know if they've thought of that. We should put it forward. I've got more exciting sticker news. I think this might excite Moscow more than the Robin Cock one. Two players. It's one of those vertical ones. Two England players. Mm -hmm. We've got Harry Maguire. (laughs) see where this is going. Yeah. Oh, my favourite. Who's one of your big United favourites. And uh, Kieran Trippier,
3: soon to be one of your big United favourites. There you go. Look at that. We were speaking about warming to players that we didn't previously pay much mind to. Jordan Pickford. I've really come round to the idea of Jordan Pickford, partly because I think He looks a lot better now. He's grown his hair out. And secondly, and this fits into your little game, when we've (laughs) talked on um, the Matchball 30 about my sort of young admiration for Les Seely, because he absolutely hated every Man United player that he played behind, was constantly just berating them for every tiny little uh, mistake. Jordan Pickford's bringing that to the England team. And it's an interesting contrast when you see Harry Kane Stumbling around like a, an ill horse at one end of the pitch, wearing the captain's armband. And then at the other, there's um, Pickford. <laughs> Ill horse. <laughs> just not letting anybody away with anything. It was the, I would have liked to see more. Everybody moved the camera off when Muller didn't put it in the corner. Hey. And you saw the the replay of Raheem Sterling, Sterling falling to his, his knees in gratitude. What was then missed from the footage? You could see it starting with uh, Pickford running about fifty yards to get right in Raheem Sterling's yeah. face and say, "What the fuck do you think you're doing?" See, playing just like that.
4: I don't think Raheem Sterling needs telling that that was a bad thing to do. I no, think he, I think he's it's... probably realised. I think he's well. I didn't mean to do that, did I, Jordan? Yeah, he actually laughed about it, didn't he? In the wake of it, kind of a
3: whoo, I got away with that one." But it's it's good. I I like it about. Pickford, and you can see in some other teams. I've just got um, Gattano Berardi's brother, by the way, Dominico.
2: Do you know, just, sorry, yeah, just, just to interrupt I, like I want one.
3: to just say this before the thought escapes me. Do you know,
2: what it's like it's like when you're in the car and you make—I mean, obviously, I don't do this, but I've heard somebody might do—you make a little mistake driving that could have potentially caused an accident. Like you might have nearly rear-ended somebody or pulled out on somebody, but you realise just in time, mm-hmm. and you have that whoo rush of adrenaline, and you're like, oh, "I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. Hold your hands up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I realised. I realised my culpability here. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you got me. You got me. It was like that for Sterling, I think.
4: Yeah." But I've quite enjoyed Pickford's intensity. He's reminding me a little bit of like early Pontus Janssen at Leeds when he used to celebrate defensive stuff. When he like, there was a bit where he definitely just collected the ball low down yesterday, and he started screaming with the ball in his arms. And I thought,
3: "Eh, good, fair enough. There was another moment as well when I think, um, I think it might have been Kyle Walker was sort of shepherding the ball out for a trying to shepherd it out for a goal kick, and it looked as if he was about to touch the ball. And it just happened on the edge of the camera, so I'm not entirely sure I'm right, but I think Pickford kind of grabbed him and dragged him backwards and put him on the floor to make sure he didn't touch this ball as it went out of play. And it's what sometimes is missing international football in general. I mean, if you look around it, uh, the way France kind of capitulated and Germany just looked leaderless, is somebody bringing that kind of intensity to the national team and um, having a, a, a good angry face goalkeeper at the back and he he somehow doesn't normally work this way but since he's grown his hair out a bit longer it somehow makes him look even angrier and madder than when he was shaving his head so he's uh, he's the main character as far as I'm concerned and when it comes to Ingerlund if you want any proof that it's coming home just got the shiny Ingerlund badge oh it's fate it's serendipity isn't it in in my Robin Cock pack
4: by the way I've also got another one of your Brave United lads Donny van der Beek there you go You can stick him in.
2: Hey, I've got a couple of uh, Croats here who I'm going to attempt to mangle their names. Andrei uh, Kramaric and Milan. That's got letters in an order that I don't understand. B-A-D-E-L-J, him. Also got, look at how uh, happy Jan Bednarak is. He's Polish, he's clicky's mate. Look at that. Look how happy he is just to be getting photographed there. (laughs) He's delighted, isn't he? There you go. And finally, a couple of Turkish lads. Uh, We've got a bloke called Under. But the one on the left, it's one of those vertical um, stickers, whether you get two in one. It's that Ozan two fan. you know, the guy that we were linked to, that central midfielder, and everyone's basically saying he's fat. <laughs> I mean, what do you think of that? Look at his physique there. He had two fans and he's eating them both. Do you think he's a bit... Is there a visible belly there or is it just the way the shirt's
4: falling? I think he looks fine. He looks better than I do. I've got a fairly remarkable pack. A nice, a nice group shot of the, uh, the Czechs. Joshua Kimmich, a, a German loser, and Ben Davis, a Welsh loser. Oh, so.
2: we should address that, by the way, because they got absolutely tanked, didn't they? And Tyler
3: got um quarter of an hour.
4: Brilliant. Thanks for coming. What a waste of his time.
3: He did actually inject some joy and positivity and like a little bit of hope into that game. He, in,
4: the, in the period he was on the pitch, didn't they concede two goals?
3: Yeah, but they weren't his fault. No. And I um, <laughs> didn't think they would be. It was like watching him at Leeds in reverse because, you know, one of the frustrations with him at Leeds is he's a bit slow to release the ball when somebody makes a run. He was the one making all the runs and not getting the ball. And then there was a
2: lot of pointing and frustration going on.
3: Yeah. And then when the first time when he did get the ball and kind of played it wide, there was no real point because he was only giving it to fucking Gareth Bale and he's absolute crap.
2: Um, you can see why Spurs fell off towards the end of the season when you've got Harry Kane chugging around like you say, like a
4: lame a lame horse, and Gareth Bale who's just thinking about the back nine. And Gareth Bale was a quite amusing post game as well. He was such a stroppy child. Well, he was stroppy during the game, wasn't he? Then when he was asked at the end if it was his last game for Wales, and he just he just left.
3: Yeah, I know. Gazza Bale is basically like the biggest hero they've had since Mickey Thomas, but. He's not all that anymore, and it feels like he's getting close to his his Las Vegas residency period now. Yeah, there was a couple, there was two moments in particular that stood out in that game. One where he took some interest, and it was like a, a a one minute bout of oh yeah, I'm I'm the best player here, so I better do something. And he ran over into midfield to take the ball off somebody's toe, and then pass it back to the person who just passed it to them. And then he ran into the box, and it was crossed in, and he got in Kiefer Moore's way for what was actually quite a good chance. And then he just went and stood on the wing and moaned again for the rest of it. The other thing that struck me about him was he was taking their long throws. And I think Wales have some good players. Tyler Roberts, Gaz Bale, as they keep calling him, who's the Juventus fella, Aaron Ramsey. Even Dan James, David Brooks, Harry Wilson, who came on and did the most petulant, we're going out of this tournament thing I've seen since Alan Smith versus Valencia. Some decent players there. But if you've got to the point where Gareth Bale is taking long throws onto Kiefer Moore's head, you maybe need to um get your actual manager out of his fucking court cases that he's more busy with. Um or find somebody you can actually spare spare the time in between his fucking um <laughs> allegations to actually manage the team instead of just leaving it to his mate. And then they might have a they might have a chance of um, going a bit further. I felt back because you had Prinlow, sweet chariot on the extra ball and uh Brinlow. Yes. Brin Law? Yeah. But that doesn't work with the sweet chariot job yeah. if we call him by his real name. Right. Um close enough, yeah. So fine. You you wanted Wales to do well for him and also lots of Welsh people who are nice, but not to be. I'm and sure, also for they, Tyler Roberts. They can
2: get behind England now, it's fine, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I know that's exactly how, it's it how it works. Um prior to the England game, we had that mad shit going on with Spain and Croatia. What was it, five three? Yorente still not had any game time, which I'm fine with in a way because I want him to stay
4: as, as untired as possible for next season. It's a shame he's not getting some game time because their defence basically looks quite shit. So it's, he should be in it, is what I'm saying. But um, yeah, maybe he doesn't need it. Quite
2: funny seeing the French exit and the subsequent fallout for that. Have you seen the, the tweets that are doing the rounds? Follow-up? It was 3-3, wasn't it, against um, Switzerland and then the penalty defeat, Mbappe and all that. That it was, I think it was Mbappe's family and Pogba's family, and then a third family who's a robot. Yeah, that was it. It's robots' mother was causing all the problems. They were having like a three-way ding dong, weren't they in the stands? Um, somebody c- called out Pogba's family, saying basically he's arrogant and blah 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 blah. So,
4: which which one of his twelve goal celebrations did you think was was, was arrogant? I mean, he was very good in that game and he scored an absolutely brilliant goal. He's a brilliant footballer, isn't he? Just, he is a. It's hard to get away from the fact that I mean, he's, he's, say it he's kind of an annoying prick in yeah. the same way as Grealish is. Yeah. He's very much about himself, isn't he? But then he's also dead good. So maybe he's allowed to do that.
3: Yeah, the celebrations were fine. It's not just Pogba, it's the entire French team. That's, that's what they love. Mm. They love being 3 1 up, scoring incredible goals, hitting the wall so it'll go on TikTok and it's when the game starts at nil nil and they have to do something about getting into the lead so that they can do all this stuff. That's where, it's like, oh fucking come on! And I was, I think Didier Deschamps instead of uh setting them up saying that like, right, we're going to be three at the back and you're going to be wing backs and you need to track this runner and do all that. Just say to them, right, the first person and the fourth person to score right into the top corner, you each get a bottle of Grey Goose and gamify it. They need, I'm that actually probably. Like they don't all drink, do they? So cash equivalent. It's, um, <laughs> you get some you vouchers. <laughs> you get
4: thirty pounds each. Imagine yeah. that, Paul Pogba. With thirty pounds in your pocket, <laughs> <But> they, they, <laughs> Which, <laughs> I'll give you an Amazon gift voucher so you can get what you want.
3: <laughs> but they just—they need. I mean, it became the second half performance was about kind of sac- um, regaining their self-respect after an absolutely shocking first half. So they had to go and start doing. And Benzema's touch to put himself through for that goal is extraordinarily brilliant. And it's—it's it's a shame that. The French players aren't going to be around in the rest of the tournament to do that kind of stuff. But they only seem to like being three 0 up, doing all the tricks. You know, just enjoying what they're doing, and the actual having to try and win the match stuff just seems to kind of doesn't seem to register. So it's it's not going to work. But yeah, all the um, all the arguments. It's uh, um, Rabio's mum is also his agent, and apparently she was she was having to go. At, That's just made me think of Lasaga's mum, sorry. Yeah, she was having a go at Pogba's family because of him giving the ball away for the equaliser in the stoppage time, which was, you know, I was pleased when uh, Graeme Souness was back on the television the next day that he'd survived that. And then when Mbappe missed the penalty, apparently she was then, she was off into his family. Um, <laughs> Great, she sounds like a, a real treat. She has previously had a go at the the Paris Saint-Germain ownership for the way that they treated little robot when he right. was there um, on the Guardian
4: like, podcast they had Philippe O'Claire on who, and he he didn't explain what exactly he was annoyed at with Rabio, but he just kept saying Rabio is Rabio. he just kept saying it
3: as if as if we should know what <laughs> that it means should, that should make sense just, oh by the way just it is a reference
2: we have touched on before the French
3: Matt Grimes I think that's just to finish that
2: up. W- Well, another mother reference there yeah um, if you don't know what we're talking about with Lasaga's mother we have referenced this before on the podcast just go to Google and type in Pierre-Michel Lasaga Mom or mother, and you will find a a visual treat on the image results. It's Oedipus. Is that the
3: right word I'm after? Um, Well, let's just say they're clocks.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: On to the quarterfinals then at the weekend. Switzerland, Spain, Belgium, Italy. That's a ding-dong one, isn't it? Czech Republic, Denmark, and England, Ukraine. We
4: should really get to the final, shouldn't we? Group of death. Yeah, they're all out, aren't they? Ronaldo's sad face. We haven't even touched on that yet. That was great. Always a joy. He's another one he's on. He's, he's very much on the downslope now, isn't he? Like Gareth Bale. He's nothing like the player he, he used to be. In this g- the game, he seems to be reduced to doing completely unnecessary stuff to draw attention to himself. Like he'd just pick it up in midfield and rather than just pass it square, he'd for some reason just flick it and thinking he was playing in some sort of testimonial and just fucking about trying to still make it about himself, which he constantly has done throughout his career. But... Mainly he's been good enough to get away with it, whereas now...
3: I think there's a free kick being lined up on Workley Rack and he's getting a plane over. I
2: did laugh at, that, at all the references. That like, Oh, this is, in, this is in Ronaldo range. He scored one in about, what is it, 90 attempts or something at
4: those free kicks in tournaments. And there are other people in that team who are really good at free kicks as well, but nope, it's got to be Ronaldo because he once scored one against Portsmouth in about fucking 1996, <laughs> and so he's got to keep trying to do the same thing again. Not a fan? Well, Moscow, have you got anything nice to say about Ronaldo? I
3: despise him. He's such a good player, and he's such a knobhead. I don't even care that he's good. Like if you compare him, he's all just numbers in terms of like just goals being put in. Messi, and it's always been Messi versus Ronaldo over the last decade. Messi, you enjoy playing. Ronaldo, you're supposed to just be like pummeled by the sheer statistical. Like, weight. like he's like the uh, the T1000, isn't he? Yeah, there's no pleasure in watching anything. Ronaldo does whereas Messi is just, it's its usually a joy to see him doing the great things he does um, plus he can score free kicks
2: more stickers by the way I've got a couple of Belgians uh, we've got Torgan Hazard and <coughs> Thomas Mounier scored a good goal didn't he Torgan he did oh, that, was a, that was a thunder bastard wasn't it you absolutely twatted that there you go a couple of Belgians for you and we've got who else have we got this lad from Wales Rabi Matondo and we've got Kevin Mababu for Switzerland, and then a couple of Johnny's mates as well. Stolle, Dmitrievsky, and Vizar. Oh, Muesli again. We've got Muesli. Only yep. struggling to get the... the. That's the, the vertical half-and-half sticker, that one. That, so it's not, a, it's not a double. Struggling um, to get Vodjak oh, Chesney's back off. It's hey, um, spe- speaking of Johnny, we're recording on Wednesday, and today's the final day of his contract. Do you think he even realises that he's out of contract?
3: Has somebody told him?
4: I'm looking at his Instagram. He's like, Posing with cardboard cutouts of himself, <laughs> he's,
3: he's he seems got a to be necklace, fine. He's got a little necklace with EA ten on it um, that somebody's <laughs> made him, and I don't know if those are like going to be, if that's like a new retail line that we'll all be able to buy <laughs> see, I, EA see. ten necklaces. But he needs to make sure if he's not staying at Leeds, or even if he is staying at Leeds, he needs to sign to secure his number ten shirt, or that wherever he ends up has a free ten if he's going to be selling this argos jewelry
2: (laughs) you see i've got a vision of that almost being like an identity tag like you know like in the hospital where they make you wear a bracelet in case you go missing it'll be engraved on the back saying you know return to sender type instructions but yeah um it it certainly looks like he's off you get the feeling that if he was going to be signing he would have signed but it's just within alioski's character to decide tomorrow as we record this i don't know i'll probably will do again then because i've got a job now
4: I mean, technically speaking, Pablo and Berardi are still in contract at the moment, so maybe they'll sign as well.
2: Well, Pablo does have another year left. I think that's been cancelled by mutual consent, isn't it? Mm. But Berardi does finish today. Um, so officially, the, yeah, today's the official end
4: of an era. Of, a, of an era, boy? And the, mm. the start of Junior Firpo. Mm. And uh, well, did you see um, who Barry Douglas has been linked with as well? Yes. There's uh, secret talks. Who? Massimo's uh, Brescia. Oh, really? mm That'd be a be an interesting move for him. You see, Barry, I really like Barry Douglas.
2: He seems to have, he, he likes to embrace just a very slight madness in terms of where he goes and what he does. It's got that little bit out there side to his personality, I think.
3: He won't be able to dress like that around um, Massimo Cellino. Barry, I have a headache.
2: <laughs> get, out, get out of my eyes. But yeah, Furpo. looks like that one's about to be done uh, anytime soon. That's exciting, isn't it? Signing left-backs from Barcelona. Hector Junior, Furpo. Ademez, Ademez, uh, twenty-four years old, Dominican Republic born. There, moved to Spain at
4: six. He's got dual citizenship. I don't think we've ever had a uh, Dominican player before, have we? Going to say no, but I'll <laughs> wait to be proved wrong. Someone will know better than us. Uh, but no, not as far as I'm aware.
2: But at fifteen million euro, which is under thirteen million quid for a left back of that caliber. It's it looks like some candy business when you look at the money that the likes of Arsenal are throwing round. I mean, like like Buendia, I think is a really good no, Arsenal. Sorry, um, Villa. Uh, Bundia, like, is a good good player, but I question as to whether you want to be paying forty million up to forty million for him. And then Emil Smith Rowe, yeah. they're talking about thirty million, which is where I was thinking about Arsenal. How
3: high are they going to go on Emil Smith Rowe? It is weird. Leeds hero. He's a Leeds hero. Well, yeah, exactly. But I mean, he's, is he that good?
4: And while you're on it, Arsenal are trying to throw fifty million quid at Ben White as well, aren't they? Which yeah, which maybe wouldn't be bad business for him actually because they're absolute shit show at the back. So
3: maybe that that would be money well spent. It, well, yeah, but they'll ruin him just yeah, do what they that. always do to there is a part of who you think that's not that's
2: not a great move for him no it's a it? terrible move to him it's
3: the worst place he could go because he could just see his contract out and then come to Leeds for his peak years he on, would, on a Bosman when you see the way he, he fitted into a Bielsa team you'd think Liverpool or Manchester City would be a, a much better bet. I suppose Arteta is Pep light isn't he and if he's going to try and rebuild Arsenal in that kind of image he could be you know he might be the player for them for the next 15 years or something but whoever gets who gets 15 years at Arsenal since they tried that with Wenger and look what it got them, every major honour going, um, but they didn't like it, so they're never going to do that again.
4: As well, he's not really Pep light, is he? I mean, he's he's so light. He's very much, he's more supermarket-owned brand. Yeah.
3: There's he?
4: absolutely no proof that he's anything like a decent manager, is there?
3: I do feel like um, Arsenal will just ruin his potential because that's what they do, whereas Junior Furpo will, I think he's um, stalled a bit at Barcelona and signing for them from, from
2: yes. Where, where did he come from, Moscow? Yes, Long time yes. listeners of the podcast will be waiting for this one
3: eagerly. Done just she's being bought just to spite me. Real Betis? Well done. Yeah, there we go. Ooh, no more Betis. No more real Betis. <laughs> Beatis. Um, Betis
2: But they, um, they've paid a fair whack for him, though they've paid like 18 million euro plus up to twelve million add-ons, and by the sounds of it. A couple of million will go to Betis in the uh, in the sell-on clause, and then Barcelona basically just about make back what they still owe on him. So it's a good deal, isn't it? It seems financially, it seems like a really good deal. If he's a good player, then yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, he looks looked like he was decent for Betis. I mean, we you know defer to YouTube for all our scouting. Uh, I mean, Michael, have you seen him on YouTube? You're the one who's kind of got the the tactical and management
4: expertise among the three of us. I've seen him on YouTube, and I think we should buy him. Why? Talk us through it from in, in terms of your analytic perspective. He looks like he's good at running and left-backing.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: What, what, what qualities do you need to be good at left-backing? Uh, running forwards, crossing the ball, and some defending too. Uh-huh. Is there he is, left-footed? There is strength, uh, yes. He looks quite big, actually. Like Luke Ayling's quite tall for a fullback, isn't he? Yeah, he's and about he looks, six foot, I think.
2: Yeah, and um, Junior Firpo seems to have a bit of uh, verticality about him, so... Uh, it might be nice to uh, have him bombing in at the far post, crashing in headers. He'll score, what we're going to say,
3: 10 goals for a 10 goals for Furpo next season, amongst others. This might be Janney's thinking, is that he needed to see who was going to be coming in and whether they're any good before he decides whether he's staying or not. And, it, you know, it could go either way because it feels, getting a, an ex-Everton player feels a bit, um, was it Bojan who ended up at um, Stoke? Like Stoke were always getting sort of, Barcelona rejects and Everton or well, quite often they'll take her who was that one he scored the um, absolutely incredible goal in James Rodriguez a tournament no he ended up at Watford but he was going around for ages with no you know who I mean that guy anyway him so there's loads of players like him kind of Ashley kind of Young <laughs> knock around out of uh, no he was like a really tall winger and he was at Everton and I think his name begins with an F <sighs> I'll go and Google it and you can talk amongst yourselves for a while. <laughs> hey, worth
4: pointing out that Rodrigo de Paul still hasn't moved anywhere. Still waiting by the phone, isn't he? Yeah. Look, his contract, a bit like is He's there, ready to sign, but he's putting it off.
3: Gerard Delafeu. Ah, yes. Him. Yeah, starts with an F, yeah. So, yeah, two games for Barcelona and then uh, a loan to Everton, loan to Sevilla, permanent to Everton, Milan, back to Barcelona for a bit, then loan to Watford, permanent Watford. They give him to Udinese because it's basically the same club and all blah, blah, blah. Four games for Spain, then he switches the legions to Catalonia at one point. Can you do that? I don't know if he switched the legions, but suddenly he's got a cap for them.
4: They're not even recognised as a team, are they? No.
3: it's probably how he could do it. Non-FIFA <laughs> sanctioned friendly, mm-hmm. I think, that one, yeah, yeah. So th- that kind of feel about it where you can never quite tell what you get. I mean, we signed a, the last left-back we signed from a, one of the El Clasico clubs. Um, Barry Douglas Al- again. I was going to say Raul Bravo, but um, <laughs> I was going
2: to say that that Villa Wolves derby. Uh, yeah, he was he was interesting. Raul Bravo. He's gone on to have a very interesting future after Leeds, hasn't he? Hmm. Again,
3: worth googling. Yeah, I don't know what's ever become of all the the match fixing guns. So Saez was uh, he was implicated, wasn't he? he, implicated was, he was, I think he was fingered. Fun. Is that not what the, what the phrase is? Fingered. And the uh, That
4: one of his other crimes.
3: <laughs> Samu's had a tough <laughs> summer for the second successive season. His team. Girona, I think he's. out have lost in the Segunda playoffs, and they had a a lead from the first leg against whoever it was that beat them, and uh, lost in the second leg because Samuel only started on the bench for the second leg, which I think must have been the uh, the single and only problem in that match. But yeah, he's um, coming so close to um, to playing in the top league in Spain, and you just can't get there. The interesting angle on Furpo that I like is
2: that AC Milan were in from him in for him but there wasn't a a willingness to do that deal because it sounded like it was a loan deal but I really like the idea of us gazumping AC Milan for football players
4: it is nice isn't it rather than just trying to sign Portsmouth landfill rather than trying and failing to sign Hooper every single year
3: you see when you you, you're bringing all the wrong keywords when you're talking about Milan Portsmouth Leeds it's just Rocky Jr. is what you're bringing to mind you're you're summoning him up who's your favourite junior then so far that's been related to Leeds Rocky Jr. Junior Lewis, Junior Furpo. I mean, out of the three, it's um, Junior Furpo hasn't done anything wrong yet, so <laughs> he's in credit. He, yeah, he's got the advantage over the other two. I'm just sticking in the England shiny. By the way, it's been. Um, do you want to sing Sweet Caroline while I do it? No, it's been
2: funny um, watching uh, Nahitan Nandez that one unfold and Mateus Cunha because both seem to be doing. There's a lot of agent noise. There's a lot of agent noise going on, and Cunha in particular. He's gone a bit Rodrigo De Paul. What's he doing? Batting his eyelashes at uh, at Leeds United. I mean, I, if you've not seen it, he's been doing stuff. On, I think it's Instagram, isn't it? Where he's answering questions like, "What do you think of England? Love it and all that." And he's putting blue and yellow hearts and all that kind of crazy shit. Would you like them both of them? Yep, sign both of them. Uh, and the Nandez thing it was interesting. Seeing that uh, that rumor it was a wild rumor, maybe of a fifteen million euro season-long loan with an obligation to buy at the end of the first season for a further 15 million.
4: Ask uh, ask anyone and they'll know that Leeds United will are uh, true to their word on things like this. <laughs> you can rely on us for that extra 15 million, even if he has a poor season. But I, would,
2: I am interested to know what, if that were true, what is the benefit of doing that? I can, and I can only think it would be to sign somebody and not have to pay them full Premier League wages. So you basically adopt their wages for a year of their contract and then in 12 months time, you chuck a shitload of money at them.
4: It'll be some spreading of money around, won't it? So they get you get slightly more overall as a as a the selling club, I would assume. But
3: kind of what we did with Elder Costa, wasn't it? Where his first season was technically alone and then we started just paying the instalments on him. Uh, we did get Amari Miller from Birmingham.
2: I did enjoy the announcement of that and all the Birmingham fans, yeah, you're greedy, he's gone for the money, which is is the typical football fan reaction course. We you know we've been guilty of the of the same thing in the past. But um, is, is it nothing to do with coming to a, a Premier League club that's got a really clear pathway to, to the first team for the under-23s and the chance to be coached by Marcelo
3: Bielsa? Still legacy of Gary Monk, I think, because didn't he completely ruin Birmingham's under-23s? He just wasn't interested in um, having them. I think he went an entire season there without playing a single player from the under-23s. He was unique in the the Championship for, for doing that. And there was all stuff with his agent allegedly trying to get players signed up and all that kind of stuff. And certainly the the feeling was that it wasn't a happy place. The Birmingham City Academy is getting better now. Lee Bollier is in charge there and they had a cuddly old, um, what's his face, Monk's uh, mate turned nemesis, Pep Pep Clotet, will have made things a bit nicer down there. But, They were happy enough when Jude Bellingham left. They even retired his shirt. So I don't see why this should be such a big deal. Birmingham might retire the number. I think he's 41,
4: is he? He's older than Bellingham, this lad, isn't he? He's pathetic. (laughs) He's in the England squad. (laughs) Why are we signing these bums? That is mental, actually, that yesterday, 29th of June, was Jude Bellingham's
2: 18th birthday. That that just is frightening, isn't it, as a concept of being that good
3: when you're 18. Whose uh, child came on for France uh, to Rams. Yes, Lillian son. No. Wandering around the pitch for France.
2: Presumably he's a toddler or something like that. Is he he can't be old enough to be playing international football.
4: And I know, I felt I felt very old when that happened as well.
2: That's terrifying. Have, uh, we, have we got any grandchildren? Any grandchildren turned out yet in any of these tournaments from like uh, footballers of our lifetime? Cuz they do footballers do tend to have kids early because managers encourage them to settle down, don't they? And get into relationships so they will get married at like 21 and that. Like you know, you've seen Pascal strike on bended knee.
3: Yeah, I mean Lillian Taram um, himself, his full name is Ruddy Lillian Taram Willian. Uh he's forty nine. So he's he he must have had his um his son at a reasonably young age. Lillian Taram was always a brilliant championship manager
2: signing back in the day.
4: He play, was play right back and centre back. Yeah, coming. yeah,
2: he was absolutely uh he was absolutely outstanding. Um, should we sign Lillian Taram's child?
4: And Lilian Tiram. He could still do a job, I think. Get up and down <laughs> that wing. Not a problem. <laughs> Back so, up for Luke Ayling.
3: Marcus Lilian Tiramulian is 23. So want, he's not even young. Do
4: you want uh, an exclusively United story? Please. That I am breaking on today. On. I was driving here, as you know, we're, we're now recording just around the corner from Ellen Road as I pulled off the motorway up at, um, <laughs> up at Holbeck. <laughs> I see, I, I know what's coming here. He, 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 doesn't, ex- he doesn't, does he? Moscow doesn't know this yet. I saw a man in business dress. Riding a BMX.
2: So just picture that. There's, there are new um, bike lanes, by the way, that run from town along Ellen Road itself. Presumably
4: taking advantage of them, But I thought, yeah, right past Ellen Road. It looked it looked too small for him. This bike. And do you know who was on that bike? Angus Kinnear. Angus Kinnear on a bike. Riding a BMX to work. <laughs> Maybe he's been off at the the
2: ramp before work, just getting in some. I don't know. One eighties. Is that a thing?
4: Probably. He didn't have the um the stump pegs on, but he was. Um, I assume he was probably going to spin his way down. Well,
2: y- your stump pegs would, you'd catch your suit, trouser, leg on a stump peg, wouldn't you?
4: Maybe this is how we're attracting the young players. Angus Kinnear's turning up on a, <laughs> on a BMX. Well, I mean, it, we with a baseball
2: making, cap on backwards. As you saw from the end of season awards, those hipster lads from TikTok, whatever they were, Roger Zarny's mates. Yeah, F2. Them, yeah, so the keyboard people. Yes, yeah. brightness setting. Yeah, they, uh, they, uh, yeah, we're appeal, trying to appeal to to the youngsters, to Gen Z, and you know, and get a new generation of fans involved. Maybe this is it. He's not making
3: about with a tricycle anymore, maybe, is he?
2: Maybe it's putting a middle aged man on a bike
3: <laughs> that's completely inappropriate for him. Well, it's more appropriate. I mean, I was. I mean, this is dropping him in it, but I was fuming when I found out he'd driven from Elland Road to this studio, which is five minutes walk away, to appear on the podcast once. And if I could ride a bike, I would join him. But it's probably better for the. Uh, the environment in LS11 that he isn't driving the uh, the Kinnear Rover whatever it is he's got from 40 yards down the street perhaps not as exciting as Angus Kinnear on a BMX is
2: um, Kuhn Tomeneskov isn't it he's gone out again real union for the season again they're, they're quite lowly in the Spanish tiers aren't they another,
4: not... another player we signed from Barcelona yeah. and what a success he has been managed about 15 minutes against QPR in the cup once we've had him
2: for four years is that right We've, we've had, he's been on our books for four
4: years yeah I mean it's not going to happen for him is it we're, I suspect this I think this is the last year of his contract I found an article where a load of them signed new, new deals including Pascal Strike. actually that him and some others signed new deals but um, yeah it's not it's not happening it feels like we've that whole generation of players who were alright for us in the under 23s at one point are pretty much all going to be leaving aren't they like mm-hmm. Gots and Macalmont and. Kuhn, yeah, people like that. Great bunch of lads. They're all, they're at Edmondson, the people who we had high hopes for at one stage have all essentially just been replaced now and got older.
2: Well, soon we'll be able to farm all our under-23s out to Italy to Salernitana um, because a Rad has put in a bid for them to own them, hasn't he? Because I, I believe the owners of Salernitana also own shares in another...
3: Lazio. Um, yeah, yeah they own Lazio, up, so... which you can't do. No, because Salernitana have just got promoted to Serie A and you can't have them both in Syria owned by the same person. So um, their way around it at the moment was to, I think they've put Lazio into a trust, or maybe it's Salernitana. The, it's Salernitana have gone into a trust, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. They had to do one or the other. Um, so they put Salernitana into a trust, which means that kind of technically owning it, but not running it. It's sort of arm's it's, length, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, um, yes, it's an arm's length, length management organisation, which anybody uh, familiar with Council Housing in Leeds will know exactly what is happening with Salernitana. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's an actual bid from Radric Zani that is, um, is mate from Fiorentina who came on the board at the same time as the billionaire, Pete Lowey. And I forget the other guy's name because nobody was interested in him because some guy used to run Fiorentina. And, Massimo, wasn't it? A Massimo? There was a Massimo on the board, which uh, uh, brought back some interesting memories. And he's, uh, he's not a billionaire. He doesn't know any jokes. So we're not interested in him. But then he turned out to be the one with all the information about Salernitana. I've got his name right here, Sandro Menchucci. So he was the one confirming the bids. We made our offer defined in every detail on Wednesday, emphasising that it is valid for 10 days. So it's been uh, a week ago today, so it's about three days still to run. And there's not been an answer yet. He does say... Just think, the president, Andrea Rodrizzani, brought Leeds back to the top flight in just three years, finishing ninth place. Zani would like to give, for example, a small share of fans in Salerno fa- uh, a small share of shares to the fans of Salerno and to involve other entrepreneurs in the area. We will not be passing through. We have clear ideas. We have a Salerno project. It could give the, the fans in Salerno a, a small selection of fans, couldn't it, you as could. well? Yes. <laughs> there you go. It's quite warm in summer. There you go. That'll cool you down. Yeah, the proposal is serious. He says, we don't want to do just one year and relegate them. Have we got any more more stickers? I mean, we've got loads. I mean, if you're bored with hearing about Andrea Rodrizzani literally buying another football club. But people
4: are
2: here for the sticker chat. They're not here for... There are more um, on the side. Shall I go over and get them?
3: Go on, let's have another
4: package. There we go. Right, one for the road. I'll get get, get him near Oh, that
3: ASMR. Oh, Oh. There we go, right. But it will help um, get us around the Brexit regulations, possibly because... You get a lot of points for work permits if you play in a top league. Which seems re- is
2: one? I was reading about that Moscow. It's 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 deep. It's it's long. It's got lots of tables.
3: It's boring. I've basically, got uh, Rabiol, Mrs. Rabio's son. Ah, who's, who's you, come um, out again? We've yeah, already had him though.
2: You need 15 points, don't you? And if you basically play one minute in uh, Selinatana's team, uh, you get like 12 out of your 15 points. So yeah. it's really easy to qualify. So if they
3: can still sign all the young Norwegians that we're after then we can have Eric back as son is still a possibility.
4: Makes that a nonsense to the whole thing, doesn't it, really? The fact that you can so easily get around these these rules. Pointless. It just means if you've got a bit of money, you can very easily do what you want.
3: Mm. Are, you just, are you just discovering how the world works, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I've got Giroud and Kingsley Coman from France. We've a... had Giroud before because but,
4: nah, the it's a
2: sandstorm one... joke. Yes, but this is this is a half and half vertical okay. one. So but
4: Exciting news for you, Moscow. We've got a spare now of Donny van der Beek, so you can put that one <laughs> on your pencil case. So that's a nice one for you. He oh,
3: sucks though, doesn't he?
4: I've got Clement Lenglet, who I believe was the absolute horror show at the centre of France's defence the other night. I was on Kabak, who was on loan at Liverpool, wasn't he, last year? And mm-hmm. then I've got a half and half with Lewandowski and Zelinsky. And then we've got got the Finnish Irishman again on a half and half. We've got Daniel O'Shaughnessy.
2: I've got a good half and half here of uh, Hans Hatboer from um, the Netherlands. When I first looked at him, I thought, that's Ruud van Nistelrooy just at first glance. Uh, And then we've got Virgil van Dijk as well, who is broken.
4: Virgil van Dijk gets a sticker.
2: Yeah, ridiculous, isn't it? Who knows when they signed these off? I've no idea. Uh, Leroy Sane is in there from uh, the German losing team. And we have a couple of Czechs. Alex Kral and Michael... Oh, I'll cry, here we are
3: again. Kramenechik. There you go. I got uh, a couple of JJs. The Finnish backup goalkeeper, Jesse Joranen, and a Czech called Jakub Jankto, and um, Gianluigi Donnarumma of the um, Euro 2020-2020-2020 <laughs> winners Italy. Excellent. Uh, I think that just about wraps it up then, doesn't it? I mean, things
2: should start to crank up into action in terms of League United over the next week or so, because we officially start the new season tomorrow on the 1st of July. That's the start of the 2021-2022-2020 season, as Moscow would call it. Uh, So hopefully Jackie Harrison should be putting pen to paper in the next day or two and uh, we should see pre-season I think pre-season starts on the 5th doesn't it but the back-
4: Jackie Harrison's pre-season started
2: weeks ago but there is no pre-season for him it's just one long season isn't a post-season it? into a pre-season 5th yeah. uh, I think is when they resume training but Calvin may still be at the Euros at this point I don't think he needs a rest does he at his age and his uh,
3: his physical uh, we said that about matches click that. that's true yeah, he yeah. looks
4: like he's strolling through these England games though I have to say I think it, a lot less is being asked of him in terms of mileage I might be wrong in that I'm sure someone can can point me in the direction of some stats that suggest he's running a ridiculous distance
3: it does seem like when you look at the statistics people pull out about how well he's playing when he's got so many more pressing actions than anybody else and he's winning the ball back so many more times than anybody else it does seem like he's doing a lot more than anybody else without particularly working as hard as he does at Leeds United which is just yet again underlines that Leeds United are the greatest team in the world
4: Still, only conceded two goals with him on the pitch, and mm. one of those was a penalty in England. So Sounds <laughs> good. So that's good. <laughs> that is good. It is good. Thanks for that, uh, stat man. There, appreciate <laughs> sure. the UFC data. That uh, stealing it from him. Uh, um, we basically we cannot concede a goal with Calvin Phillips on the pitch. No, and never will again.
2: If you are supporting England at the weekend, enjoy. Try and enjoy anyway. Do you know what it feels like? Uh, I was thinking about this in the car on the way over. Like. I kind of flip-flopped with my enjoyment and my engagement with England during this tournament, kind of, you know, the, the opening game, the Croatia game, lifted the spirits. Then Scotland was a bit dour, wasn't it? And we sort of managed our way through the the Czech game. But it feels like, because I, I really enjoyed England winning and beating Germany last night, and, you know, much in the same way it was for Southgate. I mean, like, that defeat to Germany in 1996, for anybody who's not old enough to remember it, it was completely crushing. It was soul-crushing, was that defeat because there was just that sense of momentum and that England were going to do it. It just felt destined, didn't it, with it being on these shores and all the rest of it. Very different to now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know, maybe it's just exercising one of those, those ghosts a little bit from from 25 years ago, that that feeling of we'll never do it you know, in, in that pessimistic way that you carry, Michael. It's like, this is just what it's destined to be like forever. And I think it's nice to, much in the same way as Leeds getting promoted, actually, it was nice to get that that monkey off the back.
4: Still might be right though.
2: No, it is, but I think as well, I've come to appreciate that that'll still be a good moment. Well, what happened yeah. last night? Even if England don't go on to win it, there'll be a sort soul, another soul crushing moment
4: further down the line. But you can't underestimate just how bad England are in tournaments. Like we don't win Euro knockout games. Like it's just not. Did someone say it's our first win in the Euro since like 1960 or something ridiculous it, in a knockout game? It was the most ridiculous start. You think how can we've been that bad for that long? And. We don't beat Germany either. It's the first time we've beaten them in a knockout since 1966, for God's sake. Like, we are pathetic in tournaments. So it's nice to finally beat someone half decent.
3: It is very much about the results where England is concerned. I'm a bit fearful of the game against Ukraine, not because of how the result might be, but the it doesn't like the watching them play against Sweden last night and watching us play against Germany. It's not a match that... It's filling me with optimism that it's going to be a, a festival of footballing joy. It's kind of like, it is great that England won, but it's not a game, you're never going to think to yourself, oh, I think I'll put that England-Germany game on and watch that back. Whereas I have watched back Leeds losing to Derby in the playoffs and put myself through that and would probably watch back, you know, our, our draw with Manchester City at the start of last season. It an incredible game. I'd watch that even though Leeds didn't win. And that's one where it's kind of yeah, England won but I mean it was still a bit it was quite a it functional was a bit dier, it? wasn't yeah. it yeah it's functional and it. what what the the Germany game had was it kind of had the its historical heft and its own kind of internal narrative strength where you knew it only needed a little incident a little spark the goal that it got for it to become like a really exciting moment and Ukraine doesn't really offer that in the same way so yeah it's going to be a, a funny one and there, there is that very great danger that we know as Leeds fans when tails are up
2: and belief starts to. Uh, not, it's not even crept in; it's washed over mm. England as a nation. And then you've actually got to go and do it again. And what Southgate said last night was correct. You, you, it counts for nothing beating Germany if you don't go and do it again against uh, Ukraine.
3: Nil-nil with Ukraine lose on penalties.
2: <laughs> Jesus, it's
3: going to be. That's going to be the the new history, isn't it? Taking uh,
2: Michael's uh, pessimistic outlook on life. But I, what I was going to say was that the thing with. I'm still like ninety percent Leeds, like. I went to bed last night thinking about Bielsa. I woke up today thinking about Bielsa and the fact that it's nearly the start of the new season, and I'm so excited for that. Massively dominates my thoughts. What I think the England thing at the minute feels like it's almost like a guilt-free affair. It's like there's no baggage. I can just go and enjoy the good bits, but without feeling too distraught if it goes a bit wrong.
4: Because how these things always start, Dan.
2: <laughs> 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 On which note, right? Let's um, let's wrap it up there, and we will catch up with you in a few days' time after the uh, after the quarterfinal victory against. You crane. Def- there will be a result. There will. Cheers, we'll see you in a bit.
1: The Square Ball Podcast.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more.